Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in New Jersey using only the power of the internet. Yes, and today is episode five where we will be exploring Acadia National Park in Maine. I am so excited. Um, me too. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I can be excited too. Um, so, Jackie, what is keeping you cozy? So, what's keeping me cozy this week is my super cute and super functional teapot and cups from my friend Jared. So, he gave me these for my birthday in January, and they're wonderful. Both the teapot and cups are red and white, and you can brew loose leaf tea in the teapot. It's awesome and so perfect for tea time. And what is your favorite snack for tea time? Mm, great question. You know, there's a lot of great tea time snacks, but I really think that the ultimate tea time snack is the scone. I love big scones, mini scones, normal size scones, blueberry scones, vanilla bean scones, pumpkin scones, almond flour scones. Shrimp scampi. Shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are all great. And, you know, on top of it, them on top of every one of them being delicious, they also store well in your bag. And do you prefer having tea time by yourself or with someone? Oh, tea time is definitely meant for friends and for getting together. I mean, have you ever seen a tea set with just one cup? Hmm. So, I mean, it's meant to be shared. Of course, I love my alone time, but definitely prefer to enjoy tea with friends and family. Hmm. So, John, what's keeping you cozy this week? What's keeping me cozy this week is tree shade, oh. like shade from a tree. Hmm. Uh, nothing against any other type of shade, um, but I, <laughs> I like uh, the way that trees let in just a little bit of sunlight, and I like the sound they make with a gentle breeze. Mm, nice. Now, do you have a favorite type of tree to sit under? As a child, I liked oak trees, but uh, overall, I would say a Bodhi tree is my favorite so far. Oh, I've never even heard of that. What's a Bodhi tree? It's a tree with a, a cool root system oh. that makes it like a, the tree is giving you a chair. Mm. Oh, nice. Now, do you ever get concerned about ticks when you're sitting under a tree? Mm. Being from Southern California, it does not ever come to mind, but I realize that is something I'll have to do in the future because being on the East Coast now, uh, that is much more of a problem. Yes. Here on the East Coast, it's definitely important to watch out for ticks and to take all of the proper precautions in regards to ticks so that you can enjoy your outdoor time. Speaking of enjoying time... Uh, we uh, So last week, we premiered a segment called Ask Charles. Yes, yes. Uh, our producer, Charles, is a man of mystery, the Banksy of podcast producers. People have been wondering who Charles is and hoping to get to know him better, so he has kindly said yes to answering one personal question every episode. This week's question is, Charles, 
could you describe your perfect date? And his answer is that his perfect date would be watching Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens while eating chocolate and drinking hot chocolate. So we can assume he likes chocolate. Yes, in Star Wars, apparently. Yes, apparently. If you have a question for Charles, you can send it to our email address in the show notes. Yes, that would be awesome. So, John, I, I think that's it. Shall we head to Acadia? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's go. Hello, Maine. Uh, oh, I just love Maine. It's one of my favorite states. Doing all this research made me want blueberry pancakes, blueberry jam, blueberry crisp. Blueberry pie, blueberry tea. Mm-mm, blueberry everything. So, John and I have both been to Maine, but neither of us have been to Acadia National Park, where we'll be exploring today. Yes, this is our first time. And you will have to keep me honest, because my brain wants so badly to say Arcadia, even though I know there is no R in the word, I think because of the Tom Stoppard play. Did the play take place in Maine? No, it takes place in England, but it's a similar enough name that I will probably make that mistake. (laughs) Should we have an adventure jar where we put quarters every time we make mistakes so we can use the money later for adventuring? I would end up paying for all of the adventuring with my mispronunciations alone. Oh, sounds good to me. All right, well, here we go. And there. Did, did you make a... Did you pre-make an adventure jar? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's start with the fact that Acadia National Park is the most eastern park in the U.S. Yes, the top of Cadillac Mountain, which is 1,530 feet high, is the first place the sun hits in the morning in the United States. Mm. It is the first national park that is made entirely of donated lands. The lands were private until they were gifted by citizens who wanted to be sure the land was protected. The park preserves 50,000 acres, which is about 100 Disneylands. The park includes 100 coastal islands and 3,000 acres on the mainland called the Shudik Peninsula. The area has granite shores, tiny little brooks, serene lakes, and ponds. They were all carved by a glacier. Do you know how big the glacier was? I imagine it wasn't just one glacier. You're probably right, but 20,000 years ago... Glacial ice was three quarters of a mile thick in the area. The glacier ice is also why Bubble Rock exists. Uh, The glacier, or glaciers, cut this massive boulder that looks like it's an inch away from tumbling down the mountain. It is called Bubble Rock. Yes, that rock looks like it has been trying to fall off that ledge for as long as human history. Uh, yes, it is uh, trying uh, to escape from South Bubble Mountain, which is where it currently rests. One day, I would like to stand on Bubble Mountain, next to Bubble Rock, and below Bubbles. What a moment that will be. You live your dream. Uh, <laughs> you know, the first uh, people who could be able to see Bubble Rock were the Native Americans. Yes, Native American people have lived in Maine for over 12,000 years. Uh, Yes, there were proto-Native Americans, which were replaced by the red paint people. Uh, They were replaced by the Wabanaki Confederacy. Yes, Wabanaki translates to people of the rising sun. They were the people who built their homes from birch bark. Uh, They could be found in what is now New Brunswick 
Prince Edward Island, and Nova Scotia. Then there are some not-so-great historical events, which everyone should probably look up at some point as to why the Native Americans were eventually replaced by the French colony of Acadia. Uh, In fact, the area gets its name from the French name for Nova Scotia, which is Acadie. Though the French were the first Europeans to colonize, they were not the first Europeans to discover it. It was disputed who was the first Europeans to discover it, but the earliest records I could find, earliest, sorry, (laughs) uh, the earliest records I could find uh, were that in 1525, Esteban Gomez sailed there for the Spanish. But the French did get there eventually through the efforts of Samuel de Champlain. Uh, Yes, he he ran aground uh, in a shallow ledge after he sailed through um, what is now aptly named uh, Frenchman's Cove. While he was there, he saw portions of the mountains did not have trees, so he called them Isle de Mont Desert, or in English... (laughs) Island of Bear Mountains. That's B-A-R-E. Yeah, there weren't bears. Um, (laughs) uh, Then there were some um, other really bad historical events that occurred that caused the English to take over. Yes, not nice. And uh, for the English, uh, Abraham Soames was the first English settler. Yes, he was the one they named the Soames Sound after. Uh, They did name it after him, and it has the distinction of being the only fjord uh, uh, of the east coast of the United States. So if we could fast track to the Gilded Age, this area was used as the vacation location (laughs) for the super rich to get away from the New York City heat. Uh, Which is what led to the conservation effort to make it a national park. I, I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Oh? Yes, we should go back to the Green Mountain Railroad and the Summit Hotel because they were the main reasons that conservation such was such a big deal to the very wealthy. You are right. Um, so let's go back to tell you that the Cadillac Mountain, the highest mountain uh, on the East Coast, the one that is uh, the first place you can see the sunrise, uh, was originally called the Green Mountain. And at the top of the mountain was a hotel called Summit Lodge, and a railroad was built to be able to take you to the top of this mountain. Uh, Yes, uh, it was called the Green Mountain Railroad. Eventually, the railroad and the hotel both went out of business, but both had created so much noise and pollution that the original conservationists wanted to make sure that it never happened again. The first guy that came up in our research was Charles Elliott, and he was the first conservationist, also president of Harvard. Next was John D. Rockefeller Jr., who built the carriage roads. Also a Rockefeller. Um, There are 50 miles of carriage roads for horse-drawn carriages and 37 rock bridges, of which Rockefeller personally supervised the construction. Amazing that he didn't just pay someone to do it. (laughs) Well, architecture was his passion. He went to school for it. Uh, The third person that comes up uh, is a guy named George B. Dorr. He is the one who tried so hard to get the U.S. government to accept donations of these lands. uh, Because a lot of people in the government said no uh, at the start of this endeavor. He tried over and over through endless bureaucracy and red tape. And apparently... 
Some people can't accept something amazing that is free. But the government eventually accepted the land in no small part to Theodore Roosevelt, who said in a letter that it is our one Eastern National Park, which was a big factor in it becoming a national park in... Oh, oh, I forget the date. Do you know the date? <laughs> I guess not. Well, let's take a break to hear from our sponsors while I look that up. Hey there, Cozy Nook Explorers. This podcast is brought to you by Sunset Tea Time. My mother, Marianne, spent years researching and pondering the best time for tea. After an exhaustive study, she concluded that Sunset, with a dog on her lap, was the absolute best time to drink tea. What I love about Sunset Tea Time is that no corner was cut during the research and development of this product. You can really taste the quality of the tea enhanced by the ultimate cozy aesthetic. John, you tried Sunset Tea Time. What did you think? You know, Jackie, I was a little skeptical at first because I tried tea at Sunset, and it tasted the same as at any other time during the day. But I never tried it with a dog on my lap. This really enhanced the quality of the tea. I had the same experience. Amazing! Sunset Tea Time. Try it at home, on vacation, or wherever sunsets and dogs are available in your area. So, Acadia became a national park in 1929. Uh, yes. Today, it... The park gets 3.5 million visits a year, and it has 158 miles of hiking trails and 45 miles of carriage roads, biking, beaches, and boating. And did you see that amazing 3D relief map that they have in the visitor center? Yes. It makes you want to see and do everything, um, even the supervised rock climbing. Oh, no, thank you. I don't do heights. Uh, no, but they have cozier things to do. All because Rockefeller and those other fancy gentlemen felt there should be a place that was free of railroads and automobiles. Yes, they changed the names of things a couple of times. Originally, it was called Lafayette National Park after mm. General Lafayette. Uh, then they changed it to Acadia to keep with the French influence. And they changed Green Mountains to Cadillac Mountains uh, to keep with the theme of the French once again. Cadillac is a French name? Yes. Uh, the name of a Frenchman who faked that he was royalty, then founded Detroit, uh, then had a car company named after him because the company was from Detroit. There is a lot to unpack with this guy. I highly recommend looking him up. Well, I'll have to do that. You know, the closest town to Acadia National Park is Bar Harbor. Yes, it's actually surrounded on three sides by the park. By the late 1800s, Bar Harbor was home to luxury hotels and mansions because the wealthy had chosen the area as their summer location. Think of it like Newport, Rhode Island. Yes, uh, even though the wealthy called their homes in Bar Harbor cottages, Rest assured, they were elaborate mansions. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a fire in 1947 that destroyed many of the fancy hotels and homes. Over 1,700 acres were destroyed, but there are still some historical homes in the area today. One of the mansions has been converted into the Bar Harbor Historical Society. 
So this would be a great place to check out. Bar Harbor today looks wonderful. It's filled with tons of shops and restaurants, plus all of the great history of the area. And it's being hugged by Arcadia, so you can always go on an outdoor adventure. It really seems like the best of both worlds. You know, speaking of best of both worlds, I just took a cruise. Um, Jackie, there is a pandemic. It's not advised to go cruising right now. Oh, I know. Which is why I took an e-cruise of Acadia on my computer. It's offered by the National Park Service and was so much fun. I'll put a link in the show notes in case anyone else would like to go cruising. (laughs) I hear you. Um... Uh, by the way, you said Arcadia. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> uh, and uh, what was your favorite part of the cruise? Well, usually my favorite part of a cruise is the 24-hour ice cream station. But unfortunately, this cruise doesn't come with that. Um, we spent a lot of time learning about Bar Island on the cruise. It's an island that you can actually walk to during low tide. But if the tide comes back in while you're on the island, you get stuck there until the tide rolls back out, which is in about 12 hours. Oh, wow. Um, Do people live on the island? No one lives on the island today, but there was a time when it was inhabited. Hannah and William Gilly were the first people to move to the island in 1806 and live off the land. Their last descendants moved off the island in 1929, but many relatives are still local to the area. There are still some buildings on the island from this time, like the old schoolhouse. Something else I loved about the island is that there are pink granite slabs on the south coast called the dance floor, where people used to gather for parties. Today, it's mostly just a scenic spot, but when you see the flat rocks, you can understand why people used to gather there. Wow. Um, Bar Island sounds like a great place to visit. Yes. And another island I would love to see is Little Cranberry Island. That's right. Little Cranberry Island. The greatest island name in the entire universe. It's quite a name. Um, What can you do currently on Little Cranberry Island? Well, the island is little and only 200 acres, but there's a museum and hopefully cranberries. Yes, one would hope so. Um... It is an island. It is. um, That's the island. Uh, (laughs) Yes, uh, that's the island. uh, uh, Or possibly Sutton Island. That was the inspiration for the poem by Rachel Field. Um, If once you've slept on an island. That's the the name of the poem. If once you've slept on an island. Uh, And if you've never heard it, please look it up. It succeeds at being both very stirring and accessible. And I feel like I'm on a main island every time I hear it. Oh, I love that poem. They turned it into an illustrated book as well. So Acadia National Park is currently closed because it is May of 2020 and we are unfortunately in a pandemic. But when they are open, it is recommended that you don't drive into the park because the traffic is a common occurrence. Yes, during peak season, there are often traffic issues. The park has a complimentary bus, walking paths, and a regional transportation center, but many cars still drive through as well. Because these services hit 
max capacity during busy times. The National Park Service is currently working on creating a system that enhances everyone's experience at the park while maintaining the wildlife. So this seems like something very special to look forward to. Yes, maybe they will have a solution by the time uh, we have a chance to visit in person. Yes. Well, that's all from my end. Me too. Uh, should we take a quick break? Um, <laughs> yes, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Hi, we're trees, and we love you, the sun. Aww. You give us warmth, energy, and food. Mm. Without you, we don't know where we'd be. Mm. You are our best friend, the sun. Oh, that's so nice. You are so big and powerful. You are queen bee. And we're friends. And part of being friends is throwing shade. No, it's not. It's talking behind your back. N definitely not. It's telling Justin you're in love with him, even though you only said you sort of liked him. What? It's saying that we will go to your pool party, then never showing up. Huh? Then throwing a pool party of our own, because if you come, you will look weak. <gasps> and if you don't... We will make fun of you for not showing up. This is not friendship. And people love when we throw shade. Everyone lines up to sit in it. No, no, they don't. Because that's what friends are for. Tree shade. We take the sun down a few degrees. Mm, John, that was not nice. Every episode, our producer Charles likes to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Yes, and this episode's community shout-out is Friends of Acadia. According to their website, Friends of Acadia was founded in 1986, and their mission statement is, Friends of Acadia preserves, protects, and promotes stewardship of the outstanding natural beauty, ecology, vitality, and distinctive cultural resources of Acadia National Park and surrounding communities for the inspiration and enjoyment of current and future generations. They are a nonprofit organization that is not affiliated with the National Park Service, but they work very closely with them to help maintain the park and educate its visitors. You can donate or become a member through their website. We will include a link in the show notes. Thank you so much, Charles, for this great community find. Well, that's all for this week. It looks like we have... um. $1.50 in the Adventure Jar, so we are off to a good start. Thank you so much to our producer, Charles. And a special thank you to our correspondent, Daniel Roberts, for suggesting this episode. If you've been enjoying this show, it would mean the world to us if you took the time to rate and review. And if you have a question for Charles or a comment for us, you can email us at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.